This is the Child Discipleship Podcast powered by Awana. My name is Ross Cochran, and I am so glad that you're here. Uh, today, I am joined by Gloria Lee. Gloria, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is so great for you to be here. Now, Gloria, uh, to start things off, will you please let folks know about your ministry, where you currently are, what's the scope of what you do? Yeah, so um, I always say I fell into ministry. It's not something I had any plans to do. Uh, but when I was in college, my pastor asked me to consider going to seminary. And I was like, what are you talking about? That sounds absurd. Uh, but, you know, long story short, God had a perfect plan for me to go to seminary. He actually gave me my very first uh, position in ministry. And that was back in 1995. So I have been in uh, children, mostly children. But now um, for the last 10 years, I've been more involved in family ministries. Um, But yeah, but I've been doing children, youth, and family ministries for almost 30 years now, since 1995. I am now in um, Santa Monica, Los Angeles area uh, of California, and um, I actually have finally realized I love doing ministry in California. Nice. I used to think it was, um, it it is hard. It is, it has its challenges, um, but I've embraced it, and I think I, there's really no place I would rather be. Yeah. I love that. I love folks getting us. I mean, we're just going to jump right into the deep end here. I love folks getting, because you and I go way back, like six minutes at this point. (laughs) Um, I love folks embracing assignments like that where, and we all have different versions of that, Mm -hmm. but where we get certain things from God where we're like, that's the thing. You know, the classic example of that is the local ministry leader who has been serving in middle school boys for 25 years. And there's people in the church looking at them like, you are insane. But they wake up every day and they're like, no, I'm just going to do that because that is my assignment. And there's people hearing you describe serving in California that way. And then there's plenty of people listening who are like, no, actually, that sounds pretty good. Like, I'd rather go serve in California uh, because right now I'm looking out my window and it definitely doesn't look like California. Um, So... I want to start, you know, kind of with that long view in mind. You have been connected to this world for enough time where I can ask the question of you have what has changed and what hasn't changed. I think it becomes easy, especially for people who are brand new mm-hmm. to this world to think this is the first time we've experienced something. And then the reality, that's simply not the case. So when you look at the world of children's ministry, child discipleship, how do you define things that have changed and how do you define what's always been the, um, what's always going to stay the same? Um, I think one thing that's always going to stay the ta- same, no matter what is relationships. Mm. Um, I believe ministry is done best through relationships and that's never going to change. Um, I recently reconnected with a student. Um, she was in third grade when I first started my ministry back in 95. Now okay. she's, you know, an adult married. Um, I had, um, I got to hang out with her and her husband while they were in town and we just had some really great candid conversation. And she said, um, yeah, Gloria, I don't remember anything you taught us. And I'm like, great. You know, I was with you guys for three years or four years. And, you know, I spent, I remember, you know, staying up till 3am coming up with the best illustration and building, Mm -hmm. you know, um, making great, um, visual aid and stuff like that. She's like, I don't remember any of that stuff. <laughs> but what I do remember is I loved coming to church because I know that 
um, you and the leaders embraced us and loved us. And mm. we felt like you loved us unconditionally and you spent time with us. And back then, um, I don't know how we had the energy and the time to do this, but we did a lot. We, um, you know, of course it was, life was very back, you know, different back in the, in the nineties. Um, but we would have quote unquote field trips with our kids, a uh, quarterly. So we would take them to amusement parks and stuff like that. Nice. Um, once again, when I think back, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that none of us got into a car accident because we had them in our cars doing this, which I would never do now. Of course. Um, but we spent a lot of time with them um, and we would get invited to their houses for dinner, you know, stuff like that. And she said, all I remember is I remember every single one of the leaders that took time to care for us. And that mm -hmm. is, I think, why I still have a relationship with Jesus, because I felt and experience Jesus through all of you guys. So I think relationship is something that's never, ever going to go away. It's never going to change. Um, but like I said, culture has shifted a lot. Um, back then, I remember families came to church very regularly. It was like a big deal if they missed church. We're like, where do they go? Oh, they're actually on vacation. Um, right. But I think the current statistics is that an average family goes to church once a month. Um, and we yeah. definitely feel it. I mean, we just had a family that came back to church in like for the first time in six months. Sure. You know, and um, and that's kind of the norm, you know. So I feel like the opportunity to build relationships have, has gotten so much more difficult and challenging. Um, I used to know all the parents back in the 90s. Well, not all, but, but a lot of the parents. Mm -hmm. Now... I probably know maybe 10% of the parents of the kids yep. that come to church. Uh, back then, kids used to hang out at church for four, five, six hours. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, they're in and out an hour and a half. Yep. So I think in that way, um, definitely having that face time and building relationships is still very crucial. It's still uh, key to doing ministry, um, but it definitely has gotten a lot more challenging. I would say that's the biggest thing that I see. Yeah. Cause I think one of the things that at least it doesn't feel like it gets talked enough from my perspective as someone who mostly just talks about these things. Uh, for those of you listening, I pointed to my microphone. Sometimes <laughs> I forget that this is an audio medium, but, um, the, is the fact that the person who came back to church after six months, there's plenty of there's countless stories like that around the country. Yeah. And many of them would still tell you that that is their church, mm -hmm. that it is their church that they go to twice a year. Yeah. So the identification, the relationship with the church for, from the perspective of the person has not changed. The difference is the behavior has gone from, I go to church every week to, I go to church twice a year. Exactly. And what that means is when you try to say things, you as a leader, Hey, we'd love to see you more often. You sort of get looked at like you have four heads because you're like, what do you mean? Like, I'm here. This is my church. Like, yep. I'm connected. And having to show sort of, I always go back to John 10, 10 here, like what life to the full can look like is a entirely, it's the process of counterformation. And you have been in this work for, um, like you said, almost 30 years, people who are listening are in this work every single day, every single week. And I'm curious, you know, as you look at sort of that environment, 
you said that relationships have um, always stayed the same, that the importance of relationships have always stayed the same. The most successful kind of relationships, we refer to that as loving, caring adults. Mm -hmm. And last year, Awana commissioned with, was in partner with the Barna, uh, the Barna Group. We commissioned a study called Children's Ministry into Reality. And one of the most stark findings was that one loving, caring adult, the presence of one loving, caring adult, um, makes a tremendous difference in the life of Joe. Oh, yes. There's all these different outcomes that I could go into because I'm a super data nerd. But for purposes of this conversation, I'll just say check out the show notes where I'll link to Children's Ministry in the New Reality where you can check out the data yourself. And I think it you can still accomplish that in twice a year. You can still be that type of leader. But I guess my question is, how do you keep up that level of endurance within yourself? How do you, knowing you only have you only know 10% of those parents, stay focused on that this is the good work, just the sort of context of your assignment has changed? Yeah, ooh, that's a loaded question right there. Um, well, I think for me, I uh, because I truly believe that relationships is the key to um, to discipleship. I make I, I'm very intentional in connecting with uh, parents and volunteers, and especially ones that are of influence, you know, in their circle. Um, so you know, I will get myself invited to mom's groups. You sure. know, just hey, can I come hang out with you guys one day? You know, and because I'm constantly trying to make opportunities to connect with them. And, you know, there's always those parents that are just connected to everybody. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I really, really go after. Because mm -hmm. um, I realize that the message I have um, to share with people will go a lot further when I talk to those people. And, you know, it's like same thing with volunteers. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Even though Amazing Faith grows in midweek ministry, at Awana, our mission is to reach as many kids as we can with the gospel. Why stop at midweek when so many families visit church on the weekend? So we created Bright, a biblical weekend curriculum for pre-K and elementary age kids. Bright ignites kids' interest in the Bible through activities for all kinds of learners, vibrant videos, and big questions to make their wheels turn. And leaders love it because it's flexible for all types of settings. Plus, we include helpful tools that cover in-the-trenches topics, like having healthy small group discussions and handling tricky behavior. But most importantly, Bright is centered on the Bible. Every lesson points straight to Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Download a free four-week series at brightcurriculum.com to see how Bright can foster lasting faith in the children in your ministry. say I'm the worst recruiter because when I say, hey, um, can we talk about something? They're like, oh no, what does Gloria want? She wants me to come, you know, serving kids ministry or youth ministry. However, I tell my volunteers, you guys are the best recruiters because right. you invite someone else that can come serve with you and you're not as threatening. I don't know. I, I always tell people, you can say no to me, but I think just the perception of, oh, I don't want to say no to, you know, a staff person, um, someone who's part of our leadership. 
to color. Gloria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to right? Gloria, <laughs> you, you 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 carry that presence amongst yourself. Don't sell yourself and short. I always yeah. say, I'm not scary. You can say no. I mean, and also when I invite you to come hang out with me, it always comes with you know free cup of coffee or tea. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's the perception, right, that people don't want to yeah. say no to a church leader. So I tell my volunteers, you guys are the best recruiters. Go and invite people to come serve with you. However, I really, really make it a point to invest in those volunteers that are going to be the best recruiters. Um, And I think that's what really keeps me going. I realize that as uh, me, myself, and I, I only have a certain reach. However, when I invest in key people, the reach is far greater. Yeah. Right? So I think... um, that's really become my strategy in the way I do ministry. Um, and that's what really keeps me going. It can be those 10% of parents and volunteers, but they're the key 10% volunteers and parents. That makes a lot of sense. And I think with, one of the things it makes me think of is if I'm a children's ministry leader listening to this right now, and I am having one of those weeks, one of those seasons one of those years where I'm feeling at my wits end. Mm-hmm. What I hope you're hearing in Gloria's story, just to sort of name the thing is that you're not alone in it because there's a community here, whether they're in the context of your church, your physical community, but there's a community here of leaders who are walking with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Awana is so proud to be able to help partner with the local church, uh, both in the States, but around the world, we reach uh, coming up on 5.4 million kids each and every week. But one of the things that I think is really, that I wanna make sure we address just sort of head on is there's this gap that I think is really prevalent right now. Uh, we, we refer to it as the stalemate around here, where you have parents, who sort of have, this is the perception of what church is supposed to be. Whether it's, I'm here once a week or once a month, twice a month, or once a year. That the church is supposed to handle job discipleship. And then you have children's ministry leaders who have a different perception. In that same uh, study that I referenced earlier, what we found was that this gap is really quite problematic. Mm-hmm. Children's ministry leaders, I don't have the exact figure, so... If you're from Awana and I misquote this, please forgive me. But it's uh, a vast majority of children's ministry leaders hold what we would consider a traditional biblical understanding that parents are the primary disciple maker. Mm-hmm. But a majority of parents that were surveyed believe that the church was responsible for child discipleship. What I'm curious about is less about that gap and identifying it because we know it's there and more about what we do with it. As someone who has been here, been a part of this community for as long as you have, has that gap always existed? Um, Yes, I believe so. I think um, at least, well, I don't want to say always, but at least in the time that I've been in ministry, even in the nineties, I think, um, Ministry to kids was outsourced, right? Um, and historically, I think it started, you know, way before. Um, 
And, you know, I, I get why we have different departments in the church, because, you know, every time we do family worship, there's always those parents that are like, oh, I hate family worship because now I have to watch my own kids, you know, right, in right. service. Um, and we're like, actually, that's probably more biblical than anything, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's become the norm, right? Because we want to do things that cater to their age group that is relevant to, you know, what a five-year-old, five-year-old is going through rather than having to sit through adult service. Um, so that has always, I think that gap has existed for a very, very long time. I think um, what's gotten even more challenging is um, when our churches were more localized and it was smaller, we knew the families better. Um, but, you know, doing ministry in Los Angeles, we, we're a commuter church, um, mm. and that's very typical, right? So we have families that drive 30, 40 miles to come to church. And I'm always like, why? <laughs> why do you do that? I'm sure there's going to be churches closer yeah, to you're, you. Yeah, you're passing by a lot of churches to get to your church. Right, sure. exactly. Um, but they have decided they really like coming to our church. So, um, and I think that's actually typical in a lot, of, especially in um, in cities or urban areas. So, yes, majority of our families are in you know, probably in the, in the 15 mile radius. However, you know, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, my kids, when I look at, um, our academic year schedule, I have to look at six different, um, school district schedules. Oh, gracious. Sure. Right. Because that's where our families are coming from. Um, so definitely I think the gap has widened. Because especially where I do ministry, people are from everywhere. They go to different schools. The kids are, and some kids are in public schools. Some kids are in private schools. They have different schedules. And we just don't have FaceTime with the parents as much. So actually, two weeks ago, one of my uh, volunteers decided, hey, Gloria, can I do like end of a school year um, party at my house? And I'm like, yes, please. I would never say no to that. Um, so he invited all the kids in a small group and the parents. And I was shocked that none of the parents knew each other except for like two. Hmm. And it was such a great time just to hang out. I mean, it was so simple. He just ordered pizza. Kids just played in the backyard. This time to me was more important for the parents than it was for the kids, actually. Sure. Um, because we finally had FaceTime and we connected and at the end, they're like, this is great. We need to do this again. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, let's do this again. So I think there's been a gap for a very, very long time and it's gotten even more challenging. Um, and this is why I say we need to be very intentional in closing that gap just by starting out with having FaceTime, just time to hang out. And I'm a huge believer. Yes, we live in a we live in a very, very busy, uh, busy world, busy lives, Uh you know, churches love to blame sports. And yes, yeah, sports is something that, you know, I also struggle with, but I also get it. It's there's some, so many great things about sports. Um, however, I'm also a believer that people make time for what they um, what they want to, you know, yeah. they they decide what they want to prioritize. So if they see the value in the relationships with um, church leaders, volunteers, um, with their peers, they will make the time, even if it's for like an hour, 
you know, and I think that's part of it, making it, making it easy and making it um, doable, you know? So one thing that we realized at our church is events work best on Sundays as opposed to Fridays or Saturdays. So, yeah. Well, what I like about that too, I say this all the time in this podcast is I love working at Awana right now because there has never been a time where I could be less prescriptive. Mm. I love being a partner, being working at Awana, being a partner to the local church, but I really can't tell you what works for your church. Yeah. Because of all the things that Gloria's describing, right? The nature of the church has changed. I have some, I have some good resources that I think would help you. I can bring on people like Gloria who are experienced and can provide um, good insight on what might work. But ultimately, leader who's listening, it is the responsibility for you to decide, hey, Sundays might be the perfect thing. Or maybe it's a Wednesday midweek thing, mm-hmm. right? But the point is to do the thing. The point is to lean in and get that FaceTime interaction because you're going to see the fruit very quickly the same way that you saw that in that one small group interaction. Yeah. And then I love what you just said, because um, one thing that is really, that I really struggle with is, you know, I get a lot of people asking me, um, what do I do in this case? And I can give you an answer, but you always have to apply in your own context. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think what um, I see happening around the country right now is, I get it. There are churches that are doing phenomenal ministry and we have this tendency to want to replicate what they're doing, but it may fail terribly in your context, (laughs) right? So I'm always telling people, learn the principles, but don't try to duplicate what they're doing. Hey, before we get back to this episode, I need your help. You know, we want this podcast to serve you and your ministry in the best way possible. But to do that, I need to learn a little more about you. So wherever you're listening, you'll see a link for a survey. And if you answer those questions about yourself and your ministry, that will dramatically help the show. And to make it even more worthwhile, we'll randomly select a few folks who fill out the survey and thank them with an Amazon gift card. Full details and rules are in the show notes. So thank you for listening. And now let's get back to the conversation. Of course, there are churches like, you know, Life Church, the Mariners, Saddlebacks, like they all have great ministries, but their context is so different from my context that I can't just, you know, do exactly what they're doing and do it here and be successful. So I think that is, that is key. That is so important. Yeah. To give people a peek behind the curtain, those who are still listening, you know, I I asked Laura to come on because I want to make sure that we're having conversations as we head into the Child Discipleship Forum, which is in September. There's information about the Child Discipleship Forum in the show notes, wherever you're listening, which is a gathering of leaders. That's the simplest way I know how to describe the Child Discipleship Forum. And at the forum, you're going to hear from speakers who can share insight about cultural analysis the forces that are the, um, excuse me, the many challenges and opportunities that are impacting today's kids. But you're also going to have conversations like what Gloria and I are having. And I invited Gloria on simply to have one of these kinds of conversations. We're bouncing around quite a bit. We're talking 
about a lot of different things because I know that these are the kinds of conversations that are happening in church lobbies, in coffee shops, um, probably in church offices or in VBS storage closets right now all around the country. And what I hope people hear is this sense of, okay, this is what's working for Gloria. And that does make sense for me. And what you just said, the principle there can be applied here in this way. And I'm confident that you listener or you person who's watching this has is, is qualified to take that level of application because you're still listening to us talk. You wouldn't be paying attention 20 uh, plus minutes into this if you weren't able to make that level of application. Don't sell yourself short in thinking that you can't do that. Um, you know, one of the things I'm curious about too, Gloria, in how you define this, we, a few years ago now, um, I want to came out with what we were affectionately referred to as our love letter to the church, mm -hmm. which is a book called Resilient. Yeah. And in Resilient, we identified not only what we call a, uh, a discipleship pathway, which is belong, which is highly relational ministry, believe deeply scriptural ministry, and become highly experiential ministry, but um, sort of three large forces, which was what I was alluding to earlier, on that are at play that impact child discipleship, that impede child discipleship, I should say. And I'm curious the ways in which you feel these and perhaps what you feel most acutely. Because I think they're somewhat unique to today. There were the breakdown of the family, mm -hmm. screen discipleship, and declining church. And we don't need to necessarily go by those one by one. We've talked about them a little bit. But when you look back sort of uh, 1995 Gloria and today Gloria, what would you have sort of told, hey, 1995 Gloria, hey, get ready because this thing is coming and you need to be prepared? Oh, gosh, there's so many things I would do differently if I could go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? Probably say like, hey, buy this lotto ticket, right? Yeah. There probably would have been a few <laughs> other things first, but. Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I would say spend more time on relationships. I mean, I, I know I probably sound like a broken record by now, if the listeners know what that is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, a record is like a yeah. big CD. A, a CD is what um, it's like when you, a circle that music used to came, come on before there was uh, Spotify. <laughs> there you go. Which, I mean, I love it because my, my, my little nephew who's six years old, he loves, they have a vinyl um, nice. player and he loves it. But I'm like, yeah, but you know, they don't have to deal with it, repeating it over and over yeah. and over. Which it's, it's one of those time. fancy record players exactly. that fixes all the issues. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Anyhow, but I mean, I just can't emphasize relationships enough. So I, you know, 30 years ago, um, I mean, that was the nature of the ministry. But I just, like I said, I was stay up till three o'clock making the best visual aids and all of that stuff, right? Like VBS, all these decorations. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I still love doing stuff like that. I am a huge uh, fan of creating um, an amazing environment. Uh, that is really welcoming um, because I live in SoCal. I go to Disney. I, I am an annual yeah. pass holder and I go to Disney a lot. Um, and people are like, what is it about Disney? And I actually say, 
actually do a lot of research when I'm at Disney. I、mm. look at what makes this place so fun for kids. It's also where kids tend to break down a lot, and we see them crying everywhere. However,、mm-hmm. um, you know, I look at their customer service. I look at the way things are decorated. You know, what creates this environment that wants families to bring, you know, bring their kids, and kids love it.、Um, however. No matter how great your decorations are, no matter how great your programming is, if the relationship isn't there, I believe it is all done in vain, right?、Yeah. And、um, I would go back thirty years and tell myself, you know what? I didn't have to have the perfect visual aid.、Um, mm. Do your best, but don't sacrifice time with people or programming. And one thing that we're doing at our church is starting from this fall, we're actually going to stack all of our meetings、um, so that we can actually free people to go out and meet with people and do ministry. Oh, nice!、Um, and I'm really excited for that because you know, even now Thursdays is like where I try to connect with people. So it's my personal rule to、um, to try to meet with every volunteer once a year.、Um, right. And it's for coffee, you know. It could be for a meal.、Um, sometimes I will, you know, invite two or three people together so I can, you know, kill multiple birds with one stone.、Um, <laughs> but that is one thing I have learned. That is actually for context, really quick. Glorious Church is quite large. Yes, one volunteer well, a year. That is that is a, the, a, an appropriate scale for a church. I do want to make sure people hear that. Well, and I I want to be realistic, right?、Uh, I mean, we're not a mega church.、Um, However, I, I you know, and I always tell our volunteers, I care more about you as a person that is thriving in Jesus Christ than I,、yeah. but than than you as someone that comes to fellow whole as a volunteer.、Amen. You know,、um, so I want to make sure that they're, they're doing well. I want to check in with them. I want to see how we can better support them. I ask them for you know honest feedback.、Um, But yeah, I always go back to relationships, 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 and I realize key to retaining volunteers is also investing in relationships. Right?、Yeah. When they are loved and valued, and they're cared for in our ministry, they want to stay with the ministry.、Um, so yeah, never ever substitute time with people for programming. You know, I believe programming needs to be fun. I believe it needs to be done well. I believe in excellence. However, that can't take the precedence over. You know, no matter how great your program looks, if the relationship isn't there, it's 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 not worth it. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org/donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode, and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. 
Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.